Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Thank you for joining us as we launch out into uh, new waters today. We are going to be studying the epistle to Jude. And I came up with, I think, probably one of the more unique uh, descriptions of Jude. I'm calling it a single-chapter biblical bomb. Uh, You know, Jude doesn't get a whole lot of attention. Uh, It's only one chapter long, and yet this, this teaching in Jude is incredibly relevant for our very day in which we live. And you see some things going on in both Protestant and Catholic churches that really give you a headache today. Well, this is what caused Jude to write an emergency epistle. He was going to sit down and write him a nice epistle, but no, this is an emergency letter. And what I'd like to do today is get you acquainted with the author, and there's there's a reason for this. I have a great respect for many evangelical scripture scholars. They do incredibly good work. I have talked about uh, Dr. Beale's commentary on Revelation several times. I believe it's the best thing in the English language uh, by a long shot, and particularly because he has an expertise in using the Old Testament to understand the new, particularly the book of Revelation. So when it came to Jude, I have some excellent commentaries by evangelical scholars, exceedingly insightful, and I'm not afraid. I I know if it gets close to something that's kind of off kilter, uh, not to digest it, but I do use them. Just I take insight to Scripture where I can find it. But there is something that has bothered me when I've uh, started reading on Jude and background for this series, and it's everybody calling Jude— the brother of Jesus. Now, the scriptures do call him the brother of Jesus, but what do they mean by that? So today, I'm going to just give you the intro to Jude. And so from Jude 1, it's not chapter 1, it's verse 1, because there's only one chapter. So from Jude 1, it goes like this. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. And Just so you know, uh, Jude is a nice, easy way in English to read the Greek word Judas. So it was Judas was his name. Uh, Jude is how that kind of gets into English. So when you read something like Matthew 13, 55, listen with me, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? Are not his brothers... James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, these four kinsmen of Jesus. Judas is the same guy in Matthew 13 as in Jude chapter 1, or verse 1, the author of the epistle of Jude. Uh, Same thing in Mark 6 and verse 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph's and Judas, that's Jude, and Simon, and then hang on to this, 
and are not his sisters here with us. So it's being translated uh, that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Now, who are we talking about here? The Ignatius Study Bible points out quite accurately, it says in, in the first verse of Jude, the only Judas or Jude in the New Testament who is known to have a brother named James is the Jude I just read to you, not only from Jude verse 1, but Matthew 13 and Mark 6. Uh, in St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians, chapter 1 and verse 18, St. Paul says, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, that's Peter, and remained with him 15 days, but I saw none other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. So when Jude says he's a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, he's talking about James, who was the leader of the Jerusalem church, particularly after St. Peter started moving out to evangelize the Gentile world. Now, if you're a Catholic listening, uh, just listen to what I say for a moment, because uh, the passages that I just read to you uh, when I was a Protestant, and I was sincere, I wasn't out to do anything uh, wrong, but they caused me to think that the Roman Catholic Church's teaching was based on unscriptural notions, in fact, nonsense. It's there for everybody to see. Uh, Jesus not only had brothers, in first verse of Jude, talking about he's brother of James. Well, James was a brother of Jesus, um, and there seems to be four brothers, according to Matthew 13, and there's also, besides four brothers, sisters, multiple, in Mark 6. I just thought, this is just nonsense. How can a Catholic church believe in the perpetual virginity of Mary when he had all these brothers and sisters explicitly mentioned in the New Testament? Well, to correct the notions that I had as an evangelical Protestant, I'd like to turn to my heroes that I had as an evangelical Protestant. First up, Martin Luther, February 2nd, 1546, talking about Mary, a virgin before the conception and birth. She remained a virgin also at the birth and after it. In other words, Martin Luther believed in the perpetual virginity of Mary. Now, I have been reading some very good scholarly commentary on Jude by evangelicals, and yet they just casually mention that Jude was a literal blood brother of Jesus. Um, Martin Luther wouldn't agree. Uh, Zwingli, another Protestant leader in 1528, I speak in this holy church of Zurich, and in all my writings, I recognized Mary as ever virgin and holy. Now, before I became a Catholic, um, I was a Presbyterian and a great admirer of John Calvin. And as a Calvinist, again, I thought the Catholic Church was nutty 
believing in the perpetual virginity of Mary, and yet the guy who was my hero, theologically, as a Presbyterian, was John Calvin. And this is what he said in his commentary on Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, which I've also read to you. Quote, we have also said in another place that according to the custom of the Hebrews, all relatives were called brethren. All relatives. So, you could use the word brother for a literal brother. You shared parents. Or you could use brother as an expression for your cousins, related but not by parents. He goes on. He has a sermon, John Calvin, on Matthew chapter 1. Quote, there have been certain folk who have wished to suggest that the Virgin Mary had other children than the Son of God, and that Joseph had then dwelt with her later. But what folly this is! Hebrew and Aramaic in the Old Testament vocabularies do not have separate words distinguishing brother from cousin or from near relative. For example, and this is probably probably the best example in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Lot is called Abraham's brother in Genesis 14, 14. Yet we know from the other scriptures that Lot was not Abraham's brother, but his nephew, as we read in Genesis 11, verse 27. Calvin goes on. The New Testament Greek does not have separate words for brother and cousin. The translators of the Septuagint, and that's the Greek Old Testament, use Adelphos for both brother and cousin. In other words, in the Old Testament, when it was translated from Hebrew into Greek, that that single word could mean either brother or cousin, and how you determine the meaning, you, this is just like basic interpreting the Bible 101, you look at the context and how that word is used. Going on from Calvin, again quoting, the writers of the New Testament follow this usage. Therefore, to determine the precise meaning of a passage, the context, and other scriptures must be brought in to determine the meaning. And just, to me, a pretty obvious one, you know, family obligations to take care of parents is a pretty big deal in the Bible. And uh, Jesus, uh, when he was about to depart and be crucified, he entrusted the apostle John for the care of his mother. Now, a faithful Jew and a faithful Jewish family, uh-uh, no, no, his literal blood brothers should be doing that. But since they were his cousins, they didn't have the responsibility that a son or daughter would have. And there's something to learn here, and this is, for me, very big. Uh, particularly in our day, I'm taking a deep breath, when media in all of its forms, television, radio, internet, big conferences, has a tendency to blow up people's 
egos. I mean, I, I guess to me, the one that comes to mind is American Idol. You're on TV, you can sing, maybe even off key, but you're an American Idol. But what really concerns me are those Christians who get a hold of the media and start blowing themselves up. And media does blow yourself up. But to be a Christian, you don't want to blow your ego up. And what I really like about the first sentence of this biblical bomb called the Epistle to Jude is what he says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. Now, if James had fallen to the temptations of our social media, if he was posting something on Instagram, yeah, well, you know, I really am a cousin of Jesus, and, you know, we were really tight growing up. And, you know, uh, (laughs) I mean, to me, it's a very, very, very big deal to be a cousin of Jesus, like Jude was. It's a huge deal. Now, he might have thought Jesus was slightly off his rocker, literally. Some commentators believe this when, you know, Jesus' family is outside the door and they think, what has gone on with this guy? We just thought he was a carpenter. But his humility, the New Testament isn't a puff piece. When somebody goes out of their way to describe themselves not as a big deal, a big ego. No, I'm just a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, he identifies himself without deifying himself. And there's a lesson for us all in the first verse of the epistle of Jude. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 309, Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.